0: Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are in every evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God, called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And if you cannot remember all of that, we have three profound words. What are they? live love serve serve. amen on next sunday we begin a a four-week series on the temptations of jesus that should be exciting today i want us to look this is the part two a remix whatever you want to call it from the 8 a.m service so if you would turn to the gospel of luke uh, the sixth chapter Luke 6, beginning at verse 6. Let's thank God for worship today. Uh, uh, Every every now and again, you just got to pause and make the adjustments and you got to praise and honor God. For not who God is, but how God has been how God has been in your life and how God has shown up in your life well I know somebody here can testify that the amazing ways that God has shown up just this week just this week somebody got an unexpected breakthrough just this week God has shown up we thank God for that Luke 6 verse 6 through 11 On another Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught there was a man there whose right hand was withered the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would cure on the Sabbath so that they might find an accusation against him even though he knew what they were thinking he said to the man who had the withered hand come and stand here he got up and stood there. And then Jesus said to them, "I ask you, is it lawful to do good or do harm on the Sabbath, to save life or to destroy it?" After looking around at all of them, he said to him, "Stretch out your hand." He did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. Come on, let's pray. God, truthfully, there are no words to fully express encounters with you. Just this morning, oh God, someone had an unexpected encounter with you and the natural reaction to the unexpected counters are to praise you, O oh God, to worship and honor you because of your goodness and mercy towards us. Now, God, let your word do its own work and we will get out of the way. Let you be God all by yourself. Someone, O oh God, needs a word today a word that will heal a word that will deliver a word that will set free have your way oh God have your way have your way we love you it's in your name we pray amen remain standing with me allow me to read that again On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. And there was a man there whose right hand was withered. The scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would cure on the Sabbath so that they might find an accusation against him. Even though he knew what they were thinking, he said to the man who had the withered hand, come and stand here. He got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath? To save life or to destroy it? After looking around at all of them, he said to him, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was restored. They were filled with fury And discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Give the Lord a a hand clap of praise. Do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, it's time to stretch. Come on, turn to the other neighbor and tell him, neighbor, it's time to stretch. Come on, let's bless the Lord on this morning. It's time. Time to stretch. I feel as though God has already done much work this morning. When I was, and I've shared this story before, when I was fourteen, I Watched my grandfather die. He had cancer, and when they found out he had cancer, the initial thought was that he had about 30 days to live. He ended up living nine months, which surprised most people, I think. I watched him over that nine months, sometimes up, sometimes down. And so the fluctuation in his spirit, well no, in his body, because his spirit remained the same. He trusted God. He believed in God. There were moments, intimate moments, that he and I shared. There would be times when I was there helping my grandmother take care of him. And every now and again, even though I was still a young child at 14, I would revert back to the times when I was even younger, and I would every now and again jump up in my grandfather's bed and he would always pour into me and and he poured into me when he was dying and he would say those things that i didn't fully understand at the time but as i grew in the faith the language of our faith began to make sense i would see him i could see the pain i could see the pain as it racked his body But every now and again, when he and I were in that room alone, he would say words to me that were the words that were available and accessible to him in the midst of his pain. It was as if at some times he could see the pain that his pain was causing me. And even in the midst of his pain, he would then try to ease my pain. Even in that moment, his selflessness was astounding. And in the best way he knew how to communicate to a young teenager, he said, Don't worry about granddaddy, because I'm going to a land that flows with milk and honey. He was clear about where he was going, and he was clear about his faith. And if there was fear present, I have to say I didn't see it because his faith appeared to me to be resolute. I remember the day he died and how traumatizing that day was. I remember when some of my family went to the hospital before they moved his body out of the hospital room. I never forget that scene. He was laying almost in a fetal position. And I watched as they took him down out of the room. And then I watched as our family prepared to memorialize his life at a funeral. I remember at the wake, standing by the casket almost all night because no matter what the circumstance had appeared to be, this was my grandfather. And even in that moment, I wanted to be as close to him as possible I remember the funeral service I remember the procession to the cemetery and I remember when we had the service at the cemetery and I remember when they lowered him his body in the casket into the ground I remember the pain I felt I didn't have the resources available at 14 or 15 to understand what I had felt. It was trauma. And the trauma that I felt was not because he died. Because death is an intense trauma. Especially when you experience the death of a loved one. But as I got older and I started processing the experience and even processing the trauma. Again, the trauma did not come from his death. The trauma came because for nine months, I watched him wither away. And I realized at that moment that withering can be worse than death. To watch the slow decay an intense decline of someone you love. When you watch someone you love wither away, death is not an enemy. For the one who's withering, death becomes a welcome friend because it's the withering away. That is more traumatizing than the death itself. And to witness and be an eyewitness to the decay of someone you love is trauma of the highest order. To witness, to watch the suffering, to witness and watch the decline. To witness and watch the decay. I wonder how he felt when he watched his hand wither away. Scripture doesn't express his emotion, nor does it express what he felt. But I am sure. To watch his hand wither must have been traumatizing. He could remember the time in his life where both hands looked the same, both filled with strength. Both hands filled with possibility, both hands a sign of vitality. And he was able to do things with both hands. And, and when decay begins, it doesn't always alarm you. It begins slowly, gradually, and not that intense. Maybe, maybe one day, maybe one day, Laverne, he felt tightness in his hand. Maybe one day, the tightness graduated to pain. And maybe over time, the pain shifted into limitation. And limitation led to rapid decline of usefulness. And the decline of usefulness took its toll. And that one hand that at one time looked like the twin of his left hand was now a distorted, shrunken, wrinkled image that he had no physical cross-reference for because his hand had withered. It didn't say he was born this way because if he was born that way, it would not have said his hand withered. But over time, he had to be the primary witness to the withering of possibility. I know there must have been days, Minister Heaven, where he may have wished that somebody, or maybe if he had enough strength, could have just cut it off. Because at least if he had cut it off, he didn't have to witness it anymore. Because to witness what it had become was a constant reminder of what it used to do. And it no longer held that possibility anymore. It was a rough, raw, and slow winding road for him to misery because his hand was withering. It's it's not just dying, it's like death by a thousand cuts. It's the slow death, the slow decline, the slow decay that must have been paralyzing to him. His hand was withered, but his legs weren't. Because the withering was not holistic of his body, he still pressed his way to temple. I don't know, maybe he thought somehow being in the presence of those who were in the presence May have been the thing that could have restored not his hand, but his hope. And can you imagine week in and week out going to synagogue for worship with a reminder that hope was in hesitation because his hand had withered down? To having no usefulness. He kept repeating that cycle. He kept showing up. But to add injury to insult, Luke even deepens his darkness. Mark and Matthew record the story, but they leave out one line that Luke does not leave out. It is as if the writer of Luke wanted you to know how intense his misery was because Luke of the three is the only one who said it was his right hand. Uh, you would have to understand and I don't want to go into full detail what that meant, because in the Old Testament, in their scriptures, their sacred scrolls, oftentimes power and might and divinity are made known in images of the right hand, the right hand of God. The right side of God. The right side was always viewed as the powerful and strong side. And the left side was viewed as the weak and irrelevant side. When the father would bless the oldest son, he would bless him with the right hand. Because the left hand was viewed as weak. Can you imagine the moments when this man would be in the synagogue when they would read the scrolls that referred to the power of a right hand? Only to know that he did not possess that power any longer. And I know people must have looked at him. Because look at him. Look at him. Can you imagine when the hand of power has no use. And the only hand that is available is the one that is useless. But he kept showing up. And Luke subtly says in this passage. As Jesus was in the synagogue on another Sabbath, he saw, notice, there was a man with a withered hand. While he was standing there and took notice of him, I imagine the religious leaders must have also looked at him. They noticed him noticing him. <laughs> they noticed him. Jesus noticing him, the man, and as they noticed Jesus noticing him in their minds, it may have been an opportunity to accuse him because in their minds, it was impossible, they thought, for him to see him and not be moved by him. The religious leaders stood by watching to see if he would heal cure him because it was the Sabbath and they would then use this as an opportunity to say that he violated the rules of Sabbath and and Jesus had to help them understand in no uncertain terms that there are times the rules don't have as much power as the possibility I said it at 8 a.m. that sometimes we come to church, and we get so fixated on the rules and the rituals, we forget about the relationship with God that we sought to have. And sometimes instead of having a relationship with God, we have a relationship with the rules and the rituals. We let the rules and the rituals play surrogate for God because maybe we're afraid of the intensity and the enormity of the responsibility that comes with a relationship with God. That's why we love the rules. That's why we love the rituals. That's why we love going through the ceremony because somehow it makes us feel like we're closer, but still remain at a distance. But here, Jesus sees him, and then he pushes the religious leaders who are noticing him notice the man. What is better? To do good or do harm? To save life or destroy it? You all are so caught up in the fact of what the day is that you don't know what time it is. Because whenever God intrudes in a space time begins to move and shift yeah. And God's presence and power is there and this man with a withered right hand Was about to be part of something and maybe he longed for Maybe he hoped for Maybe he desired while Jesus was in debate with the religious leaders he then looks at the man he says come stand here and he stood there and he looked at all of them I love that scene I wish I could have been there Jesus looked at every religious leader looked them in the eye to make sure they were looking at him he said he looked at all of them and when he looked at them i i wonder what they saw when they looked at him this was not a reed shaking in the wind there was no timidity in jesus's countenance there was no fear present he was not shaken by their stares because he was intense with his look and looking them in the face he looked at the man and said stretch out your hand
1: stretch out
0: your hand it's withered but it ain't dead yet it don't look like how it
1: used to look
0: but I'm going to show you what a turnaround looks like
1: it's withered
0: but there's still possibilities some of you in here right now I don't have withered hands, but you got a withered relationship. Living what you feel like is a withering life, on a withering job, with withering friends, in a withering town, in a withering culture, in a withering world. It seems like what you have is of no use. He's speaking to you today. With your withering life. And your withering love. And your withering hope. He's speaking to you today. Stretch out your hand. Well, expand your life. It's not that it don't work. It ain't been stretched yet. It's not that it's all bad. You stop using it and intensify the decline. Stretch out your hand. Can you imagine what that man must have felt that day? I'll be done in a minute. Can you imagine what he must have felt that day, that moment when Jesus said, Stretch out your hand, the impossible request that seemed impossible because he had to watch the slow decline of the possibility that were bounded in his own hand? And Jesus now speaks to the hand, speaks to the man. To then use the hand that had no use. Stretch out your hand. Not your arm. Your arm is fine. Your hand. Your hand. Stretch it out and see what might happen.
1: Stretch out your life. And See what might happen stretch out your mind and start thinking afresh and thinking anew stop Living in limited thoughts that reinforce the depth of your pain and your anxiety stretch out your possibility Stop accepting what other people think and what other people say start stretching yourself And yeah, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. Why? Because
0: stiff limbs always hurt when they're being stretched. Yeah. This is your season. I dare you to not let God stretch you to stretch yourself. Because Jesus don't touch them, He don't lead them, He gives a command stretch reach extend oh my god what if you walked around like this all day and people didn't understand why you were doing it it was a constant reminder that in your life you got to stretch
1: can you see him
0: he didn't say stretch out your arm oh god The arm had no problem extending. It was stretched. Unravel it yourself. It don't look right, but it doesn't mean it ain't right. Oh, God. Stretch. I dare you now. Stretch. No, I didn't say that rhetorically. I want you to feel the sensation of extending yourself stretch out your hand because you don't know what's on the other end of your stretch yeah. 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 see some of y'all sitting there y'all, y'all embarrassed y'all feel some kind of way you, you talking about you want God to do something new but you scared to yeah. 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 you come to church asking for a breakthrough but you are afraid to you sitting on a pew looking to see who else is doing it, but you're afraid to... You sit here saying, this don't make no sense. So I don't know why pastors asked me to do this. No, it don't make sense, but it's good religion. Some of y'all still think y'all too cute. That's why stuff's gonna keep on withering.
1: That right there.
0: Right, I'm, I'm done. This right here. This, this stretch. Because this. when you stretch, somebody going to ask you, what you're reaching for? You... And the man is restored because he had the audacity. Jesus don't touch him. He inspired by words stretch out your hand and he obeys the directive and he oh y'all getting this we done y'all but watch this hold on dawn i wondered i wondered where did jesus get this from i mean other people he touched washed put some mud where did he get this language from? Stretch out your hand. And it dawned on me that, by, that Jesus knew the Old Testament scrolls. Yes, yes if you remember even when he's on the cross you know he still got scripture on his mind when he says my god my god why has thou forsaken me that's Psalm 22 so we know that if you can remember the scripture in times of pain you can remember them in the times of power oh god you'll miss this and so in that moment if he can remember in pain he got to remember in power and so when he says stretch out your hand he ain't just saying these words out of nowhere they're coming from someplace if my god my god why has thou forsaken me is coming from a reflection of scripture that means possibly that the things that he said, "Has some connection to Scripture." Stretch out your hand. Then, when I flip through the Scriptures, the Old Testament, I see the scrolls and I see what Jesus may have been reading. I look over this, I look over that, and then I see in Exodus there it was. Yeah. Yeah. Moses gets to Egypt, yeah. Yeah. and when he's about to show and demonstrate God's power, God tells Moses, "Stretch out your hand." And When, 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 when he's about to utter forth the plague of hail and thunder, God
1: said, stretch your hand. When when, when he's standing there out of Egypt in front of the Red Sea, God told Moses to stretch. Because after
0: he stretched, the power was made manifest. You missed that. Moses stretching introduced Moses to new possibilities Can
1: I back up to the man? What good is it to be restored if you ain't got no new possibilities? Don't just make my hand look like the left give me some new options in my life and some new possibilities with my life When I stretch I'm waiting to
0: see what's next when I stretch, I stretch with the anticipation that God is about to do something new. When I stretch, it does not yet appear which shall be made manifest on the other end of my stretching. Oh my God, I wish you were so courageous today that your desire for the new possibilities to walk in the fact that you are the embodiment of infinite possibilities may be connected to your
1: audacity to stretch yourself. There's some things you'll never discover when you stay laced in places that have been created by your fear. There's some things you'll never get close to when you allow the dark corridors of your consciousness to be intruded upon by your insecurity. There's some things you'll never grasp unless you're willing.
0: Look at your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, it's time to stretch. Oh God, you missed that!
1: <laughs> to loosen up the spaces that were reflective of my stiffness. I'm, it's time to stretch. I want to be more than a conqueror. It's time. Stretch.
0: You see what you forget? The reason why this is important? Demons tremble when they see that move. Enemies get terrified when they see that move. Because they know on the other end of that is power and possibility. Don't be afraid. When God tells you, Stretch, extend yourself and watch what God can do. But know this, when you are not the stretchy, but the stretcher, hold on you missed that see you thought you would always be on the receiving end of the command you forgot that you're gonna also be on the directive end of the command sometimes you got to speak to some stuff yourself
1: stretch God stretch my household Stretch my husband stretch, my wife stretch, my children stretch, my life stretch, my job stretch. Stretch. And there
0: may come a time where you got to declare to some folk around you. But know this, and I'm done. When you
1: start walking. In the power to give voice to the directive, it said the haters couldn't even celebrate the man's new hand. They were so busy being angry with Jesus that instead of celebrating, they sat there talking about what they were going to do to him. Uh, But that's where they, they messed up. Maybe in their reading, they forgot this one. no weapon form. Against me. Oh hey, hey, hey. I wish there had some folk in here today who understood that you can't worry about the folk who got a problem when you start stretching. You gotta let some people know that it took me a long time to get to this. I fought for this. I'll die for this. I'll get my life for this. I want to. Look at your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, it's stretching time. But here it is. Remember this. He'll stretch you in the presence of your enemies so they can see your expansion and the broadening of your possibilities. But that's when you got to tell your enemies greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And is there anybody here who knows? at your neighbor and tell a neighbor it's time to stretch stretch your joy stretch your peace stretch your happiness it's time to stretch look at your neighbor one more time and tell a neighbor don't worry when they talk about you don't worry when they by your power. Don't worry when they hate your gift. Don't worry when they dislike your disposition. Don't worry when they talk about how powerful you are. Tell your enemies if you can't handle me now, it does not interfere. C- but I is there anybody here who want to stretch your praise make a joyful noise unto the lord stretch your praise oh come and magnify the lord with me and let us exalt his name together Stretch, I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Stretch. He'll bless my down city and my uprising. Stretch. God
0: is seeking not just to stretch you. But for you to stretch yourself, challenge yourself, make up in your mind I'm tired of watching the withering away of my life. support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you
1: tuning back in in the future.